Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com College Fantasy Football Podcast. We have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about the reveal of the first preseason top 25 running back rankings for 2023. My name is Matt Knowles. I'm here alongside the one and only Brian McElfresh, as well as Brian. Where's that other guy that's normally with us? Don't we normally have somebody else on the show with us right now? Where's he at? He's getting a haircut. What? (laughs) So what you're saying is, what you're saying is translation. Doug is on assignment today for CFB Dynasty. He's not getting a pedicure. He's not getting a manicure. He's on assignment. He might be. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> Anyways, today it's just me and BMAC. Like old times, we're going to be talking about the uh, top 25 running back rankings. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we get there, we have a couple of interesting topics that happened in college football uh, this week. Things we want to get into. So BMAC, I know you are uh, someone who is really against um, the rules changes that were presented in college football, especially when it relates to timing. And they put through this uh, week that the clock for the first time in decades upon decades is not going to stop after a first down anymore other than inside the last couple minutes of the half. It's going to cut down the number of plays in the game. What do you think about this rule being implemented? And do you think it's going to have um, a big enough effect on college fantasy for us to even be worried about it? No, I don't think it's going to really affect fantasy all that much other than it's going to diminish the number of plays in a game so it could more negatively affect the extremes of uh you know a heavy running offense whatever versus uh you know heavy passing offense i i just don't like how it was presented they kind of like pushed it out there with one ridiculous item uh where it's gonna like what was the the fourth and most ridiculous one? I can't even remember, but it was like uh, the fourth the clock yeah, doesn't was... stop even on incompletions or something stupid. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, um, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, so they put out that clearly ridiculous just there for one. a negotiating ploy. Exactly, one hundred percent. It's just government doing government things, in my opinion. So I I just I don't like it. I don't know of anyone that was uh, clamoring for less college football. Uh, all of the people that I know here in the South that love the sport and even those that, that I know that are up in Big Ten country or whatever, they don't want less football. They, they set aside their Saturday to watch their team. They don't care how long it goes, and uh, they're there, and, and more football is better. So, Yeah, I, I do think – I mean, I understand that they're trying to find ways to get the game shorter in the pros um, – you know, many years ago, they cut halftime down from 15 minutes to 12 minutes. In college, you have to have a 20-minute halftime because you have both bands that get out there and perform, so they can't cut the halftime down any. Um, we've seen offenses, especially where that started out west, that run as, as fast as they can, 12 seconds from snap to snap. Um, and so they needed to find a way to be able to get that those games down. Because right now, games are averaging, what, three and a half, three, three hours and 40 minutes long? Um, I hate the fact that that's the way they're going to do it, but as we've seen, people are going to find a way to get around it. People are going to find a yeah, way to get around it. They're going to find a way to to keep those stats up. I think that um, we might see some quarterback numbers that might come down just slightly on the top end, but it's going to be right. across the board. It's not like it's only going to affect one team. So I don't think that the 
effect is going to be something where one team is going to be harmed and the other 132 are going to be fine. It's going to yeah. be across the board. So, Yeah, man, it's more about the fans to where it's like we get a little less football and a little more ads. Yeah, agreed. That, that's agreed. basically it. A little more money in the pocket of, uh, of those other people making those decisions. So. Speaking about money in the pocket, the other story this week is about the transfer portal. And mm. you and I, before we got on the podcast, we talked about certain rules and how whenever you put a rule out there, people are going to try to find a way to, to nudge right up against it, see how they can push it to try and uh, to benefit themselves. It's just part of, of human nature. Well, you look at what's going on with Colorado. Colorado has their spring game. As soon as the spring game is done, 18 players from Colorado jumped in the portal. That's 41 players on Colorado that have jumped in the portal since the end of last season. Granted, they were a 1-11 team. Granted, primetime, Deion Sanders wants to go in there and rebuild this program quickly. But to have a situation where he might have 60 of 85 scholarship players be new from the year before. <laughs> do you think that this is the perfect example of how the portal is broken or are you like, Hey, whatever, it's all good. Yeah, man. I, I think you look at uh, what's happened with college basketball. You brought this up pre-show too. And I, I agree. I loved college basketball. I used to watch it all the time. I couldn't name one college basketball player right now not one and that's just because my interest fell off because like you said you've got a, a now it's weird like in, if you fast forward to college football you've got to scout existing college football players all across the country um you've got to re-recruit your own team all the time and uh it's just a terrible setup but it's definitely going to be short term but whatever's coming in the the near future where it's more governed by the conferences and players are compensated based on conference money and all that stuff. Can't wait. Cause the, uh, what's going on in Colorado um, while it's probably fine for Colorado. I mean, it, that kind of stuff sucks um, just like it sucks when you've got, um, you know, coach leaves and all the best players follow them to whatever the new destination is. Um, it's uh, not great for the sport. Yeah. I, um you know, as everyone on this podcast knows, I'm a big NC State fan. Um, North Carolina State has had, I think we had five guys or four guys leave in the portal. I think we're getting five guys back. But one of the guys in the portal for NC State, um, his name is Duhan Lahorsic. And people are kind of clamoring because they're like, this guy is showing how ridiculous it is. He's on, he's about to go to his sixth school in six years. <laughs> granted, granted, some were lower level or JUCOs. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that that is just like somebody hopping from job to job. Six schools in six years is ridiculous. And there needs to be something that can govern that to kind of get it back down because college coaches shouldn't have to be looking at high school guys and looking at the portal and looking to re-recruit their own team every year. The yeah. portal is fine, but you shouldn't have to re-recruit your entire team every year. That, that just yeah, gets a no little doubt. ridiculous. I mean – uh, one of the guys, DJ Burns, is coming back. Uh, he just announced yesterday he's coming back. And it's like, oh, my goodness, we might get this same guy for a second year. And it used to be you're like, man, I don't want this guy who's only going to be there for a year or two because you want some longevity and some commitment. And now you're just thankful if you get a guy for two years. And that that just seems a little ridiculous to me. 
And uh, I mean, just think about the video game alone, like us, like the when then how they're going to develop this into the video game and whatnot, and how mad you're going to be just as a uh, whatever <laughs> you're dra- you're uh, recruiting your players, and then all of a sudden. Uh, he takes an NIL deal somewhere else, <laughs> hops in the portal. Oh man! Uh, you just shut the game off at that point. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? You go to the you go to your off season and half your team you have to go re-recruit to make right. sure they don't go to the portal. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, and then you have and- like Buckner who goes into the portal with this tag that I didn't know existed before this last week, where you can tag yourself as "Do not contact," which is code for. I know where I'm going to go. And he just follows his old OC. And now Bama's got, you know, five top 10 quarterbacks, not top 10 in the country, but top 10 when they came out ish uh, from recruiting. And to me, that's, that's just crazy because again, it's one thing to be like, Hey, we know that schools are paying players. So let's have the NLIs out there or NILs out there so that that way we can, uh, you know, at least try to govern some of this and have it be out there in the in the uh, in the open. But when you've got a situation like that, I mean, that's you can't you can't tell me that there's not tampering going on there. If the guy already <laughs> knows where he's going before his name is in the portal, mm-hmm. that means he was talking to somebody when his name wasn't in the portal. That's literally what tampering is. So for them to have that option in the portal just seems like they are saying, "Here, here's the rule we're going to have." Here's our way that you can break this rule. That seems ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and but that, we'll yeah. see what happens in Colorado. It's certainly a guinea pig type of thing. And they only won one game last year. So it's not like they've got a long way to fall. Um, but it's certainly not healthy for the sport that uh, that we all love. So I kind of well, got to some other it. topics. To, we got some other topics to talk about. But I think that this actually allows us right now to roll into our top 25. We're talking about players moving from school to school. We're talking about who's going to be at the top of the list. Um, I would think that as uh, somebody who's been around college football and college fantasy for coming on now close to 20 years, this has got to be one of the more difficult times for someone like yourself that is heading up doing these preseason rankings to make sure the rankings are accurate. And the reason I say that is because previously – you were only concerned with incoming freshmen, who are the guys that were leaving, going to the pros, and a very small number of guys that were transferring from school to school. Now you also have to take into account guys that may have performed great last year but are now in a new program, and are they going to be able to perform at the same level? Is it going to be a better position for them? Are they transferring? Like Last year we had a couple of guys that were starters at their programs that all transferred to Michigan State. Um, so you have that extra, that extra level in there. Have you seen that it's been a little more difficult to make these rankings be solid or is it just a part of the process? It is way more difficult. <laughs> there's a, there's <laughs> just a lot of, of cracks, right? So we're, we're going through our expert Q and a series where we talk to writers at all the schools and kind of, um, they're going to help us out and make sure nothing falls through the cracks. But uh, there, there are some things for sure. And, um, you know, we're trying to keep depth charts up to date and all that stuff. And as you get into this first segment here, we, we've, got a, we've got an issue um, right in line with what we're talking about here with the portal. So um, it's interesting, um, a lot of movement, but uh, there's some tools that are, that are really helpful. So, you know, if you ever want to check, 
you know, the 247 uh, portal trackers out there. And that's that's really good to kind of, uh, you know, double check and make sure um, everything is is in line. But yeah, certainly tons of movement. So today we're going to be talking about the preseason, the first reveal of the top 25. Um, again, when the show is being recorded, this is prior to the second transfer window closing in college uh, college football. Um, one of the interesting things about the portal is that you've now got a second window and you have to enter the window by a certain date, but there's nothing saying when you have to go and sign with another school. So you could still have guys jumping into the portal now and maybe not committing to a school until after after fall ball. Unless you're a graduate, is, uh, then you can do anything, which right. makes it crazy because we've got seventh-year seniors right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So it's really this, on top to of, this on top of COVID, once we get a few more years out and people don't have COVID years anymore, it'll help it out just a little bit. But my goodness, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, so let's go to the rankings. We're going to do like we've done um, this offseason. Instead of going 1 to 25, we're going to go 25 to 1. We are going to start with the 21 to 25. Uh, BMAC, I'm going to read them off. And then you can go back and comment on any of them specifically that you want to uh, to call out. So in fact, though, and we'll save our our dynasty little debate, whatever for the end. Yeah, the dynasty debate that uh, you know, talking about me being fun versus you being no fun. Um, that's no, what's going to happen no. at the end. You, <laughs> or or is it or is it or is it the fact that you know there's there's rules versus anarchy? You know, that's kind of the thing too. So. <laughs> no, I'm very type A, very, we need the rules so bad. We'll get into it though. It'll be fun. <laughs> All right. So top 25 running backs. Uh, if you are on CFBDynasty.com, uh, so is this up for people to be able to look at right now? Can they do this or do they have to be a subscriber up, right now? This is up and live. These are essentially our teaser rankings that won't change Um Likely won't change. Maybe we'll do another version of teaser rankings in the in the fall, or I mean, sorry, in the summer before the fall. Um, but yeah, the, typically these teaser rankings don't change, and then we've got uh, running backs in the background. A really deep version of those rankings; those are not ready to be published quite yet. So yeah, you can get to these uh, on the site under rankings, CFF, and then top twenty-five running backs. So here we go. The top 25 running backs starting at 25. You got Jalen White. Uh, then you got, um, is that Georgia Southern that he's at? Yep, correct. Georgia Southern, you got Michael Wiley, 24 at Arizona. Roman Hemby from Maryland. Marquise Irving East. at Oregon. And then Alton McCaskill, 21. BMAC, you said that in that group, you have some stuff you want to talk about. Who do you want to call out in that group right there? Well, first of all, McCaskill is uh, the star running back for Houston. And he just entered the portal. Um, it's uh, going to kind of leave that running back room wide open for Houston. But um, people are saying he's trending to Colorado. I know the Gators offered him or, or tried to visit with him. I don't know what really is going to happen there. So, that kind of just sucks for Houston, you know, a top 25, in this case, fantasy running back. Um, they're just going to lose him right after the spring. So that's that. We've got Marquise Irving from, or Bucky Irving, whatever, from Oregon. He's uh, He was really good last year. He kind of took over. Um, 
uh, after the Cardwell got hurt. Um, and he looks like he's going to be the guy, but I'm, I'm afraid of that Oregon backfield. I think they're going to be too, too much, uh, uh, sharing the ball there. So we'll see. And then you got Roman Hemby, who I wanted to call out just because he is so incredibly talented, potential future NFL running back. We had him on our recent agreed, like agreed. breakout candidate highlight reel. And they've got Littleton coming back um, from injury. So we'll see how that shakes out. If Hemby was like the guy, period, he'd be higher in the rankings than this. But we got to see how that timeshare is going to is going to kind of shake out. Yeah, and it's um, it's tough because there's very few guys that are going to be your your be all end all number one guy um, yeah. in a college backfield. Um, I think that we saw with the NFL draft that uh, Bijan Robinson was probably the only real guy that was that guy. And the crazy thing is, if you look at that Texas backfield, he got the lion's share of carries, and Roshan Johnson is still ranked in the top ten. In NFL prospects, and he barely touched the ball last year. After being almost a, almost a timeshare the year yeah. before, um, you rarely are going to have that. Normally, if you've got two guys that are that good in the same backfield, teams are going to find a way to get them on the field. So, if you can find mm-hmm. a Bijan Robinson, um, then you know you're going to have yourself a stud. But normally, you're going to have some kind of committee situation happening. Yeah, and there's certainly more of those available in college than there are in the NFL. Cause that's, that's like super diminished in, in the national football league, but yeah, um, that's good. And I've got a question for you for sure on the, the next group here. All right. I, I think I know where you're going there. All right. <laughs> so next group, we're going to go to the top 20. We're looking at 16 through 20. We got Cy Bangora from Ohio. We got Samson Evans from Eastern Michigan. We got George Halani from Boise state, Damian Martinez from Oregon state. And then Nick Singleton from Penn State. So you got a lot of the guys that were freshmen last year that blew up that are in that in that group or in that group. Did I leave somebody out of there? No, I actually I think I actually went uh went all the way down to 15. My bad. We went 15 to 20 instead of 16 to 20. <laughs> I think we so left wanna... off Aiden Robbins there from oh, did uh, I? BYU wow. at, at 20. I think so. My bad, my but... bad. So Aiden Robbins is actually the guy at 20. So we've got <laughs> Aiden Robbins at 20 from BYU, Saibangora, Ohio at 19, Samson Evans, Eastern Michigan at 18, George Helani, Boise State at 17, Damian Martinez, Oregon State at 16. We'll go there. Yeah. Who do you want to call out in that group? Yeah, Robbins has a chance, I think, for a special year. Um, Damian Martinez, love, love, love what's going to happen there at Oregon State. I think we're going to see a reemergence from DJU. Um, but uh, Martinez is going to be a massive part of that offense. I think he was freshman of the year last year in the Pac-12. And um, just shy of 1,000 yards. He'll be – he should be well over that this year um, as, as the main bell cow. They've got a pretty good – backfield and sneakily i think oregon state is like fourth uh ahead of utah uh on odds to win the pac-12 um that that is interesting i could could have that wrong i could have that wrong but they are in that five in that top five there um which you know mentally i just haven't put them there um you know as equal or or close to oregon usc you know, Utah, UCLA, but they're there. So we'll see um, what happens overall with DJU. But I think uh, I think that's going to be 
really good for Martinez. I think he's going to be great there. I, I do too. But My Helani. team went super. Holani, uh, let's go with Holani. Okay, let's Helani. go with Holani. So you got your boy, Genty, Ashton. Ashton Genty, yep. Genty, all right. Roll with Genty, my bad. Um, he crushed it in the spring game. And whenever he, he sure plays, did. he's great. He's electric. I don't uh, – and it looked like Helani was going to kind of take over that job. A lot of people drafted him. They were disappointed on him in him like early on in the year. And then he kind of picked it up at the end. Like he averaged 18 fantasy points a game last year. Solid, right? Um, but Genty, man, do you think he's going to take over? Well, last year I went super freshman heavy on running backs on my team. My team was decimated, so I wanted to get some guys that looked like they were going to be going to become the guy. Damian Martinez is on my team. Austin Genty or Ashton Genty is on my team. Do I think that Genty is going to be the guy over Holani this year? I don't know. Do I think they're both are going to get their numbers? Uh, absolutely. Do I think that Genty has the chance to be the next? great when i say great boise state running back to make it to the to the nfl i think that that's a, a definite possibility um i sure as heck hope that austin genty uh takes over um i mean george helani's just got so much talent but i do think that they're both going to get their numbers i think it's going to be good for genty when helani's the heck out of there but uh, mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I i'm i'm really stoked about my my young guys in the backfield that's a good setup there yeah genty and martinez that's awesome um so yeah, that yeah. one's going to be interesting. I I, uh, I would worry about you know week to week timeshares like that, um, and that's really what's affected uh, Nick Singleton. We've got him there at fifteen. Uh, it's just because Catron Allen, the, his fellow freshman last year, is so good, and specifically yeah. really good uh, in the red zone. So um, you know Singleton's going to bust his. Will he get twenty five carries a game? No. Nah. I don't think that's going to happen, um, especially with Drew Aller there as more of a – he's going to probably take off a little bit more than they have in the past at the quarterback position. So Singleton talent-wise, top three. Singleton fantasy-wise, because um, I, I understand if you're looking at mock drafts and stuff for the for the future, Debbie rankings, whatever, Singleton's definitely up there, way up there, top two probably. Um I think we do have him top two, like maybe right behind Travion in terms of Debbie rankings. But um, yeah, in terms of fantasy output, I don't think you're going to get a consistent, uh, you know, 20 touches a game or whatever. Yeah. And and last year, Singleton obviously is another guy that I targeted. Um, but like you said, the biggest knock on him is just the team that Penn State has just got an incredible stable of running backs. They had guys were five-star running backs that transferred out because they, they couldn't get to the field. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do, I agree with you. Singleton is a guy that's probably got more Debbie, um, Debbie use right now than in college. But if you're in a league like ours, that's college to pro. You got to be thinking about that. You can't just be worried about what his stats are going to be in college. You got to be thinking about what he might be able to get you when you get to that next level. So speaking about him, let's go back and let's, let's talk about 11 through 15. So 15, we've talked about Nick Singleton. 14, you got Jace McClellan at Alabama. 13, you got uh, Frank Gore Jr., Southern Miss. Uh, 12, you got Kavorian Barnes at UTSA. And 11, you got LaDamian Webb at South Alabama. So who do you want to call it? Who do you want to talk about in that group? 
So McClellan finally is going to get his chance. He's a, you know, really good running back, great out of the backfield, good in the red zone, good pass blocker. Like he's, he's definitely a, a Debbie type player too. Um, and I think, uh, you know, with that Alabama O-line really beefing up, I think no matter who it is at quarterback there with whether it's Buckner or, um, Milrow or whoever, um, you got to see some transfers out of there at quarterback, but McClellan's going to be the guy running back. Um, there will, as always, because they're super talented, there's, it's crowded behind him, but I think he'll get, uh, he'll get some really fantasy relevant numbers this year. And, uh, he'll have some big games behind that massive, massive O-line. Um, you got Gore. He's, he's just really consistently good. Um, Average 16 a game last year. Um, it'll increase again this year, I believe. Um, Barnes is a breakout candidate. We've got some highlights of him in our in our breakout um, highlight video we posted up on YouTube a week or two ago. Um, Barnes is going to be the guy for UTSA. Like he looks really good. He's he runs like angry, but he's also fast. So I, I think in that offense where everyone else is basically returning except for a couple of O-linemen and running back. Barnes taking the, the, the lion's share at running back there. And then we've got your boy Webb there. Um, had up and down season yeah. in terms of making you angry <laughs> where he would go 45 <laughs> points and then two points, averaging out yeah. at 19 a game. Yeah, LaDamian Webb, like that's exactly what I was going to call out. So that's a guy that has got an incredible amount of talent. Uh, if you just go look at the last five games last year, you can see what what caused me to want to, you know, throw a game controller against the wall. Um, <laughs> on October 29th, he had 28 carries, 162 yards, and three scores. On uh, November 5th, 35 carries, 247 yards, and four touchdowns. In his next three games, he had about 160 yards combined across three games with no scores. And so in those games, one of them is going to be in the college fantasy championship week. You can't have a guy that is your guy that, you know, you're going to just get stupid points out of every single week, just completely fall off at the end of the season. You need that guy that's going to be consistent. So hopefully this year Webb is going to get a little more consistent with his points because I'd rather have 20, 25 points every single week than 48 points one week and four the next totally agree <laughs> unless you're in best ball but yeah that that's super frustrating hopefully he'll have a a more consistent output this year but uh you know massive upside um for him because he did have those breakout games and he did have those letdown games but he still had 210 fantasy points at 19 a game so let's let's make the uh the graph a little smoother and uh, i think i think you'll have a great year with with web this year well, I'm, feel, I'm feeling good about my running backs. We've already talked about three of them with Genty and Damian Martinez and LaDamian Webb. Now I just got to get every other position to be not sucking. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be like me where you've got to draft receivers all over again, but I'm going to go into the draft with one. So I'm going to have to have with one. Last year, I think I went in, I think I had five or six guys that left and uh, so, yeah, I was I was in trouble at running back and wide receiver last year. And, and oddly enough, because of what we talked about with the portal and because of what we've talked about with guys having extra years, um, 
I think I'm probably the only team in the history of college fantasy football that can say I've got five quarterbacks that have not changed for now coming up on the third year because four of the five of them just keep going into the portal. I got to do something. I got to, I got to do something to, to get my quarterback room under control because when I drafted these guys, I'm like, okay, some of these guys are going to be leaving and I'll be able to get some new guys in. But then, you know, you got guys that are, you know, seventh year seniors and, and, you know, transferring and state guys that were supposed to come out early that decided that they're going to stay in for an extra year um, has really, uh, really complicated my roster because these spaces that I thought were going to open up have not opened up. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, been, been, <laughs> Frank Harris, I love you, man. But, you know, when you're starting to join Social Security, you better not be on my college fantasy team anymore. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. I always like to have one, at least one spot where I, I'm going to have someone new come in uh, with some flexibility there. Yeah. Flexibility for that flexibility for trades. I mean, when you, you know, it sucks, it sucks because you, you don't want to just go cut a guy, especially when our league where you've got limited cuts and limited pickups, you don't want to just go cut a guy that's got quality, but when everybody's quality is kind of middle of the road, you're like, well, mm-hmm. which one of these guys do I drop? So it makes it tough. <laughs> right. So uh, that being said, we're talking about running backs. So now we're going to go into the top 10. We're going to look at 10 through six right now. And then when we get into the top five, we'll start, we'll start to break it down a little bit, a little bit less than these big chunks. So at number 10, you got Rasheen Ali from Marshall. Number nine, Marquez Cooper from Ball State. Eight, Trey Benson at Florida State. Number seven, Carson Steele at UCLA. Number six, Travion Henderson at Ohio State. BMAC, who do you want to call out in that group? All right, so Ali is going to have a comeback year. He was uh, one of the top running backs in fantasy uh, more than a year ago um, or two years ago. And then you got Marquez Cooper um, coming over. He had 223 fantasy points last year, averaged more than 18 fantasy points a game, very solid performance at Kent State. And then like everyone else, left and so he's at ball state he's going to be replacing uh carson Steele, who we have at number seven who had 22 almost 23 fantasy points a game um when he was at ball state so i think um both of those guys are in a situation where they're going to be potentially um i think cooper uh will be a little bit better i think Steele might be flat at best but still flat for carson Steele is is fantastic production and then in between those two trey benson you've got um florida state and you know he came over from oregon he runs with power he runs with anger and he's got good speed too and in that uh, norvell offense um i think we'll see him take off potentially even better the following year when jordan travis is gone um, because travis runs so much but i I love benson i think he's going to really break out not that he didn't have a bad year last year but this year he's going to come in as running back one and it's going to put up numbers far superior to what he did last year and then six Travion Henderson um you know they're going to split carries they don't know who's going to start at quarterback um talent wise he's he's rated higher if he's if he's healthy where he was you know dealing with injuries off and on all last year um, if he's healthy, he's one of the best players in the sport. And uh, a lot of people are going to forget that um, after being disappointed drafting him last year. But um, huge potential bounce back season, of course, like Rasheen Ali, too, in that list. 
All right, so we're just going to look at number five and number four right now. At five, you got Will Shipley from Clemson, and number four, Blake Corum at Michigan. Talk about these two guys, B-Mac. Yeah, Shipley, clear running back one. Um, they should have a, a better offense, new system, new OC coming in at Clemson. I think that alone overall is going to make the offense run more smoothly. I don't know if you've seen any of the comments from DJU in the last week or two. I, I have not. I have not. But he, he was basically talking about how the the Oregon State offense is just far superior because of how everything's set up and structured and and plays and reads that he can do and all that stuff where it just didn't exist um, with um, Clemson's old OC Streeter maybe. Anyways, he was just like a, an internal promotion and he just apparently wasn't ready. So I think that whole offense is going to flourish more and, and yeah. Shipley will be the main guy. Like he'll be the go-to guy. Um, great out of the backfield, um, everything you want. Um, out of a running back there averaged 18 a game last year could easily be 24 this year um, and then we've got Corum for Michigan where we'll see more Donovan Edwards um, but Corum is is RB1 for Michigan um, averaged 22 and a half last year and uh, they're just going to do their thing and, and keep going along I think Corum has just been so consistently good for a couple years now like uh no surprise to anyone. He's he's number four. All right, so let's go to number three. You got Braylon Allen at Wisconsin. No surprise there. He took over that backfield that normally you've got a Wisconsin running back that is going to be up at the top in the uh, in the rankings. And uh, it's been a little bit – their offense has been a little bit questionable for the last couple of years. Yeah, Braylon Allen is the one who's trying to uh, get them back to uh, to fantasy relevance at the top end of things. What do you think about Braylon Allen? Yeah, new scheme. I think Wisconsin in the next few years is going to be, you know, more, uh, you know, present day college football offense than they are currently. But I think there's going to be a transition period, and, and you heard the OC talk about it uh, with the new staff there. But but basically saying they'd be dumb with the current O-line and, and Braylon Allen not to, to feature that. They're not just going to come around and, and chuck it around the yard. I think there will be more, and it's more in the future. But for right now, I think Braylon Allen, with this breath of new life here with the new coaching staff, has a chance to really break out. He had some awful games last year um, where you drafted him really high, and understandably so, and then – he just uh, really sucked and then picked it up at the end of the year last year. But like Braylon Allen a lot this year, um, you know, it's possible that the current owner, if you have, if you're in a dynasty league or whatever, and you can make a play for him, it's possible he's uh, heavily devalued. But um, if you can snag him up, um, you know, for one of the running backs below him, I totally would. Yeah, if somebody's going to trade him uh, for, for anything less than a mint, I think that that's a foolish maneuver. I think he's going right. to have a chance to be a big-time, big-time producer for you this year. Yep. All right, number two, we're heading back over to the SEC. Raheem Sanders at Arkansas. BMAC, tell us why you like him so much. Yeah, the Rocket. I think he's got, he's just a NFL potential running back and in a great system. He's just the guy, uh, clearly. Um <clears throat> 
great O-line. A tough, tough schedule, though. So that's that's the only real concern with Rocket Sanders. Like, he is the feature running back. He's, you know, going to probably outproduce what he did last year, which was 253 fantasy points, 21 a game. Um, easy, easy selection there at two. You could flip-flop any of the, you know – Sanders, Allen, Corum. I think they're all kind of uh, bucketed there together in a, in a tier of their own. And last but not least, we're going to go to number one, Ole Miss, Quinshawn Judkins. Crazy. Crazy. What do thinking you think about, about him being at number one? Thinking about the Lane Kiffin offense. So Lane Kiffin, um, whether you watched him as the OC at um, USC and all the stops in between, he likes to lean on something that the defense can't stop. And in a lot of cases, it was a, a you know quarterback receiver combo um, that was basically the staple. <clears throat> or um, and I could have my years mixed up, or it could have been like Amari Cooper at Alabama when he was the OC, just kind of leaning on him. And, and again, I hope I don't have my years mixed up, but I could. Um, and it's shifted hardcore to the running game for Ole Miss and Judkins averaged 22 fantasy points a game last year, um, 264 fantasy points. Um, and I don't see much changing. I think they will. They, they've got this you know, three-headed quarterback right now, which is really kind of interesting. When I saw Spencer Sanders come, Walker Howard come in, I was, you know, I've got Jackson Dart. I was thinking, oh, man, there's, there's no shot for him. But apparently he's had a great spring. And um, – potentially leading that, that quarterback room. Um, so I'm holding on to him for now. Um, but Judkins clearly is the guy. He is what's going to make that offense go. And then they will do everything else off of Judkins and, and his production. So well, and I easily think, I think if you, yeah. running back one. I think if you look at uh, you look at Kiffin in the last few years, um, he's become a guy that has to have that bell cow running back when he was at FAU, had Devin Singletary sure. there that, that turned Devin Singletary into a – an NFL running back, um, complete, absolute stud in college fantasy football at Florida Atlantic. So uh, it's it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility to see a, a Lane Kiffin offense that's built completely around the running back and all the other pieces flow around him. Yeah, Kiffin's just great. I think he's elite on offense, and uh, he'll feature whatever the defense can't stop. And last year was Judkins. All right, so that is the top twenty-five. As BMAC said, this is the the teaser rankings. Uh, don't expect a lot of changes to happen to this list, but don't be mistaken. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, there will be a lot of changes to the actual rankings because we still have the transfer portal is still open. You still have people that have to decide what schools they're going to go to. So you could see somebody on this list right now that could move out because you've got a guy that transfers in or vice versa. They could be on the list and they could transfer out and go into a situation that's not as good for them. That's why you want to make sure you are subscribed to CFBDynasty.com so you get the up-to-date news. That's why you want to be a part of our Discord channel so that that way, if you get news or someone that is on the Discord channel gets news, you can be one of the first people in your league to get a hold of it. That way you get a leg up when you guys do your draft. Heck yeah. So um, speaking we'll have about it all. the draft. We'll probably have, what, like 350 running backs ranked at some point here, probably early in the summer, and then yeah. 600-ish receivers. Uh, that's all going to be for for our supporters. And, uh, uh, yeah, looking forward very much to uh, 
you know, spending a ton of time dialing those things in and, and getting them ranked. So speaking about the draft, we've had a little conversation that's gone on prior to the show, and this is something that's gone on for quite a while. Um, as you know, the home league for CFB Dynasty is a college-to-pro dynasty league with very, very limited pickups. In this league, you've got a college team that the first year we drafted college and pro. Since that time, you only draft college and guys move from your college team up to your pro team. So one of the ways, one of the only ways to be able to to improve your your pro team if you haven't drafted well in college is through trades. College players, draft picks, and pro players are all allowed to be traded. Um, the debate that we have is, is how far out into the future should you be able to trade picks? Um, in the NBA, you see teams doing insane things like trading their 2029 picks, um, stuff that just doesn't even make any sense. Um, in our league, we've always said that you're able to trade one year up, um, and then there's certain times that you can trade a second year's draft picks. There's a push sometimes by somebody else that's not that's on this podcast that is uh, is not me um, to allow there to be more draft picks that will be traded. So, BMAC, why don't you let people know why you think that more years with the draft picks should be able to be traded? Yeah, I will say this though from from setting up your fantasy league, whether it's a dynasty league or whatever, for success, like. That's what we both want. Like league longevity is a concern here with with these kinds of rules and what's allowed to be traded and not traded and when things can be traded and whatnot because you never want um, owner turnover in in fantasy leagues because that sucks. So you don't want someone who's <clears throat> who's talking about uh, you know dumping all their draft picks and uh, then they dip out of the league if, if one of their trades goes poorly or that player didn't pan out, and now they don't have any picks or any hope for the future. Like, you don't want any of that. So we do have, and I think this was um, Matt's rule, if I'm not corrected, which is, uh, or if I'm not mistaken, sorry. Um, so we do already have some limitations on picks that are allowed to be traded. Um, you're only allowed to trade four of your original picks. So... We've got nine rounds of picks open to be dealt um, every year, and it's just talking about all right. When when can we can we make that change? So I just think there should be current year plus one available at all times. Well, Josiah brought this one up last night at the house watching the draft, and um, that was his perspective. And I feel like it's easy, and I like it. In my opinion, I think we've got the dead period from. Uh, trade deadline, league tra trade deadline through whenever Fantrax opens the new league year, which could be anywhere from February 1st to April. I don't really know. Um, so we could set that. And that's part of the fun of Dynasty, too, is where, you know, as the Super Bowl ends, you start to get really sad. And then you're like longing for spring games and then you just get that football feeling back and maybe you just want to make a little move or whatever. So I, I like that for interactivity with the league, making it, uh, giving it life uh, at least most of the year, um, doing some things. So I like having um, that asset to be able to trade in the off season. And uh, I, think, I think two years of picks is pretty reasonable. Do you want so to be unreasonable? Question, what do you think? 
<laughs> so, so my question there is this. So I don't think it's unreasonable. I think it becomes a little bit of anarchy. I think that, um, I think that, you know, you can have whatever you want to have. We could say that you could have eight years of picks that are available um, and everybody's going to be under the same guidelines. The problem is, is that, that to me, I think we need to make sure. And I think that commissioners out there, you want to make sure that you've got rules that can be governed easily without intervention and without interaction by the commissioners or the leaders, because especially in this day and age, we're all busy. We all are doing things. And if we have to be in micromanaging things based on opinion that other teams are doing, then that's going to take away the fun. So if as we long did as the we eight have, years, you know, Dillingham would have like 10 first round picks in 2030. It'd be insane. It'd be insane. That'd be, yeah. Mike did <laughs> between be Mike Dillingham and, and yeah. Danny Tucker, they would have, Danny would trade out every pick for the next five years and he'd be out there trying to reach into like, you know, the senior citizen home to try and, uh, you know, get first round picks. Um, I just always want to see you guys have seen, we don't have it up there today, but we always have the hashtag underneath my name. that says Lord of the rules. Um, I'm really big about making sure that there's a constitution within the league, make sure that rules are agreed on. It's in the document. So that that way, if a dispute comes up, that the entire league can go back and focus on that. Because if you can focus on your league rules that were set up at a time where the dispute wasn't a dispute, you're mm-hmm. going to have a lot less situations where um, there's hurt feelings or people feel like it's something that's targeting them. Um, and I just like having set dates. Um, yeah. Last year in our league, because we had a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of movement um, and, and a lot of things that were changing, especially people coming back off of COVID, not really being sure. Yeah, COVID what the, really what, wrecked a lot COVID, of stuff. Yeah. COVID wrecked a lot of things. And um, there was a couple rules that we had last year that we got a little bit lax on. And um we need to pull those things back in. One of the things I would suggest to any league out there is make sure that you've got set rules, set dates, no matter what they are, that everybody in the league can say, Hey, if I'm somebody that's going to have my mind focused on the league 365 days a year, or there's somebody that's saying, I only want to be focused on it 210 days a year, seven months out of the year, they know, Hey, in our constitution, it says draft pick trades open up on this date. Um, whether it be, the Monday after the Super Bowl or things we've talked about, the Monday after the NFL draft. Um, when are you going to start running uh, free agents in your pro league? Um, you know, when are, when are the set, when's the next year of draft picks going to open? As long as you have those things set up so that that way the league has it documented so that they know when they can prepare for, or if somebody decides they don't want to prepare for it, it's not a surprise. You can be like, dude, it's literally in our constitution. It's right there. It's your, it's your own fault for not making those trades or not being involved because it's right, right there for everybody to be able to utilize. Mm-hmm. And I love your idea of tying the the calendar to big football dates. Like before we had when, you know, signing day was one signing day and it was consistently February, early February, whatever we had. That's when we opened up trades. I think at that point, yep, that, that, that's but when our off-season that, trades opened into, up. Yep. It ran into problems when fan season wasn't, or the, the new league year wasn't available and we couldn't couldn't make trades and stuff like that that were, you know, documented by by the league. We had to write them down or remember them or whatever. So um, ran into some problems with that. But, yeah, I love that. I feel like that part makes it super easy to know, like, all right, NFL draft is this or that. And quite honestly, like, I don't even know 
how it works does do the when because in fan tracks we have it just set up right now where it's like you get one extra year of picks allowed to be traded so i guess it's after our draft is when new ones pop in i really don't know it might be i i have to go back and look but i feel like it only shows one year like when we're in our season i feel like it's i feel like there's only one season that's showing up then hmm. but but i'm not sure but i'm not sure it's, <laughs> i don't uh, know either knows? I think I don't really know. I I think it would probably show that next year after the draft. So what do you guys think out there? If you guys if you guys yeah. are in the Discord, we want to know what you guys do in your league. And one of the things that we would really like to hear is what the biggest dispute, the biggest point of contention has been in your league and what you did to resolve it. Because as BMAC said, the most important thing, especially when you're in a dynasty league, especially when you're in a Debbie league, is having those owners stay consistent because nobody is going to want to join a league when their roster that they're coming into has been decimated. Um, yeah. I play in two different leagues. I'll say, I will say I've joined a couple like that, knowing that yeah. I was going to pay uh, Zach Tao. I joined one of his leagues knowing – this roster sucked um, and I was paying whatever, 75 bucks a year to play. Um, but I was able to turn it around and win some money back the second year, which was pretty great. But I think um, you're right though. Like most people won't want to do that, but it is kind of like hopping into the NCAA video game and taking over a one-star type of team, but you're against all odds and that kind of thing is fun. But uh, yeah, you're right. In most, most cases, Nobody wants a disadvantage. Yeah. So yeah, like so go up to the Discord. Yeah. Go up to the Discord and let us know because that's one of the biggest things. Um, and and my training um in the in the white collar world was looking at databases and looking at rules in databases. And the first thing you you first thing you looked at was okay, if this is the rule, how can this rule be broken? And you try to close every gap that you possibly could as commissioners. Don't be afraid to have the longest constitution that you can out there because you want to make sure that you've got a rule and that rule has got every loophole closed that you possibly can. Because the worst thing that can happen is you put a rule out there and you think it's great and then you have somebody in your league go and find the, the wide open loophole that you can drive a semi-truck through that compromises the integrity of the league. That's why in our league, we've got the Ryan Tannehill rule that um, we put into play many years ago and that says if you've got a player that knowingly changes position like a, a, a Roshan Johnson or a, um, or a Ryan Tannehill that's going to change from quarterback to another position or vice versa, that as soon as you find out that that person's not allowed to play out of position. Um, one of the things that we do in our leagues is um, we do not allow any dual rostered players. What we mean by that is um, for whatever reason, and it drives me crazy whenever a fantasy league will be like, or like CBS will say, oh, this place, this person's available to be played at running back and or wide receiver or wide receiver or tight end. Not in our leagues. In our leagues, right. if you draft them at a position, that's the position they have to play at unless it is well known that they have changed position. Because if you allow that, then if you've got roster limits, hey, you can only have seven running backs, seven wide receivers in your dynasty, and then you give somebody the ability to play out of position, well, now it's like they've got eight running backs or eight wide right. receivers. And that's one of those loopholes that start to get hurt feelings. Last thing you want is for people to have hurt feelings because you're not enforcing the rules right. 
you want to make sure that those rules are there so that way winners and losers can be determined by the rules protected by the constitution and go from there love it yes absolutely so and you're the best the best at it so um if we were to put this up for like a league vote um i would vote just keep it plus one and then when the draft is over boom the picks are available we don't have to change a setting but what would you what would you uh, propose so i still think we should tie it into dates like you said dates on the calendar when the nfl draft is done that way you've seen where your college guys are going in a day you've seen where they're going uh you see what your roster is um you have better evidence and better understanding of what your pro team is going to be at that point. That's where we'd open up that second year. That way it's tied into dates and we go from there. I have no problem with having that second year open, but I think it should be closer to when you actually have a draft. All right, cool. Well, I look forward to seeing how this mug plays out and we'll find out. All right. We'll Um, see. We'll see. Yep. So receivers next week. Um, I think next week, are you going to, are you going to yep. see if you can uh, get Doug to get his butt back in here, man? What do you guys think? Are you guys, are you guys missing Doug this week? Are you guys want Doug to schedule better? Um, so that that way he's actually available for the pod. Do you want Doug to be here? Do you want Doug to take a hike and get to step in, get him off of here and just be me and be Mac? No, nah, we don't want that. We want Doug back. Doug's a fun dude. And Doug's really into it. Um, tell us why you guys miss Doug being on the show this week. How about that? <laughs> All right, that being said, my name is Matt Knowles, alongside the the founder of CFBDynasty.com, Brian McElfish. We've had a great time today. Next week, we're going to be talking about the preseason wide receivers uh, for the top 25 ranking there. And we'll go from there. Hope you guys are having a great time out there. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you guys later. Adios.